I have three amazing women featured this week, and one of whom is Dr. Rania Saleh. And if you don't know who Rania is, she is the, the founder, the CEO of Oryx Software, and we can talk about that in, in a little bit. But um, Rania, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I am too. And I, I literally, I'm so excited to pick your brain. Um, so I, this is a live, guys. So if you are hopping on, please make sure to post your questions. And if you see my eyes moving back and forth, I'm trying to read the feed at the same time. But Rania, will you tell everybody a little bit about your, your story, your practices story? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think it would be relevant now to, to some of the listeners because when I started, it was in the midst of the financial crisis uh, and everyone was scaring me off like you shouldn't open a practice. I had finished my residency the two years um, in a PPO practice, very, very busy. Um, and I didn't like that dynamic for me. Uh, I wanted like a calmer atmosphere. I wanted to do a different type of dentistry. So I decided in the midst of the financial crisis to open my fee-for-service practice. Uh, and at the time, we didn't have groups like this one. We didn't have that kind of support. So you kind of had to do everything on your own. Mm -hmm. um, I did that. I opened the practice and it worked really well. Um, we hit profitability by the third month. Um, we hit our million on the first year. We grew more on the second year. We opened the second location. Uh, and then I got pregnant with twins. And it was a total surprise when I was going to my regular checkup and um, to my 12-week checkup, actually. And the doctor said, you have to be on bed rest for the rest of the pregnancy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> And this is week like, 12, week 12. Week 12. And I'm like, oh, okay, so I'll do it at the end. And he's like, no, 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 today, you don't go home. Uh, you're going to surgery. And after that, you're on bed rest. And part of it was at home. Part of it was at the hospital. We were doing really well in the practice. I had my, my associates. We had specialists with us. And the practice started going downhill. We were losing $100,000 a month. And it's not sustainable for anyone. Uh, this is when I started digging. You know, when your practice is doing well, you're happy. So mm -hmm. you let go a few things here and there because you're making money. Everyone is making money. Everyone is happy. But then when you have a problem like this, you start looking at everything in the practice. And this is when we found a lot of issues um, and decided to start Oryx as part of resolving these issues. Do you mind talking about what your issues were that you were noticing? So um, a lot of it has to do with systems. I had gone through the Koi Center and I loved that experience. I loved everything John taught us. Uh, and I realized that a lot of the systems were just in my head. I assumed everyone was on the same page, uh, but it was not the case. So this was one of the big problems that we had in the practice. Uh, I was diagnosing and treatment planning most of the cases and my associates were, were doing some of the work with me, 
But the initial consult I found that was always with me. Um, and the treatment plans were not the same. The case acceptance decreased. Mm-hmm. And we realized that the system that we were following for doing the exam, and I know you've gone to the COIS center, mm-hmm. like examining everyone systematically in four areas, their gum, their teeth, their bite and jaw joint, their smile, presenting this very comprehensive treatment plan when it wasn't there, uh, the practice suffered. So these were the two big problems. And what I did to solve is, one, I started writing down uh, on the systems, what do we do pre-appointment, during appointment, post-appointment from the front desk perspective. And for my associates, they started coming to my home or to my hospital bed, sitting next to me, reviewing the cases and going, (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh, why did we miss this on this patient? Why didn't we go systematically? So we started creating the exam um, that we want to implement on each patient, the paperwork, how each visit should look like. And then how did you, so all of the, so you're, you're in a hospital bed, you're on bed rest, you are, Mm -hmm. You're losing a hundred thousand a month, which, I mean, can you walk us through that? Is it because you opened a fee-for-service practice, or or is that when you were still a PPO practice, and then you decided? No, to I, I was never a PPO practice. Oh, it was a fee-for-service practice from day one. Okay, and I think the reason we did well in the PPO practice, I mean, we we did a few things right at the beginning. So one, uh, we started marketing heavily. F- from before we opened the practice. And we were spending a lot on Google AdWords, which worked at the time. Uh, And people thought it was so crazy to spend $10,000 on Google AdWords on your first month. But this was what brought patients. And I figured since the patients are in the practice and I have all the time in the world, let me do the most perfect exam. I'll take my time. Um, and I'll do a very comprehensive examination. And people liked it. So they referred their friends, their family members. Um, and I started giving the patients a report that they would walk out with. That report I was developing manually for every patient, telling them, this is how your gums look like. This is how your teeth look like. These are the concerns. Adding their photos, their radiographs. And people were like, I've never been examined like this before. So they would go and tell other people. And this is how we got very busy quickly. Uh, so, so that's the part that was not implemented when I was on bed rest. So how did you get profitability by month three? Like, cause, cause in my head, it's like, wow, that's, it's crazy to go from losing a hundred thousand a month and then becoming profitable in such a short amount of time. Like we try to implement things in my practice all the time and just to get the team on board, just to have the meeting space or the, the time to talk to all of the team members, it, sometimes we have to schedule meetings six weeks out, eight weeks out. So, so how, can you walk us through a little bit more of, of what you saw that made such a big, a big change? So... I think the first thing that made the difference in achieving profitability was having a very small team. 
Mm. Uh, I was always very careful about where to spend. So we only had one front desk, one assistant, and I was the only person there all the time. So I see a lot of times dentists starting out with these very large teams mm-hmm. with hygienists. I mean, you have time, do your hygiene at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, and it builds report with the, uh, with the patient. So, so I was doing that part. Uh, and then the case, I had done the course, uh, uh, courses before opening my practice or most of them. So I was already presenting some larger cases from day one. Like I decided this is the kind of practice I wanted to have, although I had never done anything like this before. Mm-hmm. I looked in my area, like what did really successful dentists do? People I want to be, um, people I thrive to be like. Um, and some of them had gone to Panky, to Spear. Mm-hmm. So I tried, I did Panky, I did Spear. Uh, then I went to Kois. And I found my passion and I more alignment with my personality, the way I wanted to practice with the Koi Center. And at first I was very reluctant to present a large treatment plan because I'm like, I'm gonna scare people off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it was, uh, it was just going systematically through the exam, presenting um, the diagnosis in terms of risk. You have X number of very large restorations and these are at risk of uh, fracturing in the future. I don't know when it will happen, but because you have a jaw joint issue that could increase your risk. So we're going to need to put crowns or onlays to seal and protect these teeth. Or you don't have to do anything. And you have five of those. So we can go at any rate that you want. And I started getting, yes, let's do it. <laughs> Which was surprising at the beginning. <laughs> so... At this startup practice, you didn't have associates. It was you. It was me at the very beginning. By month, maybe eight, we were mm-hmm. so booked that I had to hire an associate. Uh, and going through our protocol, we were also getting very uh, busy in ortho. Um, okay. As I said, I was giving this report to patients at the end of the visit. And part of, you know, the COIS questionnaire is asking them about uh, the appearance of their smile, if they're uh, happy with their smile, if the crowding is an issue. And once I started adding these to their report, their responses, not pushing them towards anything, uh, people got interested. What do you mean my teeth are misaligned? Well, Uh, you have this crowding here, you have this tooth rotated, we can do something about it. So my brother, who's an orthodontist, started coming once a month. Mm -hmm. Uh, Eventually, it became once a week. Um, So so things were growing in in a healthy way. What year was this again, Ronya? 2010. 2010. Okay, so I'm going to back up a little bit. So 10,000 a month in Google AdWords. Now, did you, were you running those ads yourself? Did you hire a third-party company? Uh, I was running it myself. I didn't know what to do. My husband was helping me a little bit with that. He's a software engineer, but no one at the time really knew how that worked. So because of the amount we were spending, uh, we got assigned like, 
um, a Google rep to help us with that. And then they had a case study because they're like, oh, dentists and doctors could, uh, could use us. And they published a case study to show to other doctors and other dentists, and they took more interest in our account mm-hmm. to just to keep showing success. For those of us who aren't familiar with how Google AdWords works, do you mind just giving a brief overview? So um, you basically bid for words that you want to show up high in the search. And now the way they look, they look like an ad back in the day, they looked like uh, organic mm-hmm. uh, search terms. So it was a bit easier to click on those. Now, now everyone knows that it's an ad, but you're basically bidding for words. So if someone is looking for Invisalign, you might say, I would pay $10 for anyone that clicks on my ad. Uh, and if someone outbids you, you come in second. If no one outbids you, you come in first. Oh my gosh. So it's like so complicated. I don't, I've never done Google AdWords. So this is why I'm like, oh, that's, I mean, you have to do what you have to do, right? And you yeah. didn't have any insurance dependency. What, what does your demographic look like? Can you tell everyone what city you practice in? Yes. So I was in Arlington, Virginia. That's right outside of Washington, D.C. And my demographic was a lot of young professional uh, families, young families. Um, yeah, that was most of my demographic in my area. Uh, and it was nice because we had some high rises with uh, office buildings. So like I would get one patient from Deloitte, then I have the whole Deloitte floor. Oh, nice. Uh, so, and this is how like uh, the report, the word of mouth, keeping uh, patients happy was helping us. So, so we started with the AdWords, but then the bulk of our patients were coming from word of mouth. And of course, reviews. Right. And then what, so you are a systems person and I, I want to hear about, about how that led to Oryx and what makes Oryx different. So um, when I wasn't doing so well in the practice anymore and I started looking at the system, One, I found a big disconnect between the front and the back. Um, And because I'm a systems person, I was able to do all of this without thinking about it. But Mm -hmm. I realized that for a lot of people, they need to follow these steps uh, very specifically. So uh, when I started doing the exam, I'm like, first, you have to look at the radiograph. Next, we look at the jaw joint and we're going to look at these three areas. And then we're going to look at the teeth structure. So every time we uh, log a filling, we're going to say how large it is to assume the risk of that filling. Anytime we're putting a root canal, we're putting if it's questionable, if it's acceptable, uh, if we have any concerns about it. And we go very systematically so we don't miss anything. So I'm not going tooth by tooth. I'm going by condition. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're going tooth by tooth, you only see the biggest problem with the tooth. If you're, you might miss a recession uh, on, on a crown that was the cause of all the sensitivity. So, so we look by condition. And once we went, uh, w- once I had the exam very systematic, I started generating the report. 
And we saw a lot of case acceptance. We saw a lot of referrals from that. So I'm like, what if we start a program that would do that just for my patients? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started showing it to friends. They were so excited to implement it. Um, and John had no idea about all of this. And then one day I tell him, you know, I'm using a lot of your material with this. Would you like to, um, to partner with me or see what I'm doing? Um, and he's, he was very reluctant because everyone comes to him with a lot of ideas. Uh, so he's like, don't come to Seattle, just show it to me on Zoom. It wasn't Zoom at the time. I, I forgot what platform. Uh, and I show it to him and at the end, he's like, I love it. I'm in. Uh, what do we do next? And I'm like, I wasn't prepared for you to say yes quickly. <laughs> so now I have to go think about it. And um, this is how my partnership with the Koi Center started. And this is how John allows me to use a lot of his material in the software. Um, so originally it started as just the clinical software using the forms because they're super, super helpful to know the profile of your patient before they come in. Um, and then doing a systematic exam, having the patient leave with a risk assessment report. And all of this is done in seven minutes. And that was the vision. Seven minutes. Seven minutes. That's you do an exam. You, do your radio, you have your radiographs. You have your photos. The patient is walking out with the risk assessment in their hand. Um, and originally, we thought that this is the only thing we wanted to do, just focus on the clinical. When we tried to integrate with other with on-premise software, with the existing practice management software, we realized how archaic they were uh, in a way and how difficult it is to not have that streamlined um, experience uh, for the patients and for the practice, like to have that disconnect between the front and the back. Mm-hmm. And this is why naively we decided to build the whole practice management software. Uh, if, if we knew it was that complex, I don't think we would have done it. So how, how many years in the making then has Oryx been? Six years. Six years. So I, so I am also, uh, I'm graduating from COIS next, next June. I'm so excited. And I had heard about Oryx from one of my colleagues at, we were in class, we were sitting right next to each other and he was building his startup. And I asked him what, uh, what PMS he was going to use. And at the time he said Oryx. And I was like, I have no idea what that is. And then slowly, but surely everybody started talking about this, this software now. So Oryx, so if you guys have been to Koi Center, it'll open your your mind to so many things like you, you don't know what you don't know. And, and I, this is not a paid thing. I, Kois just changed the way I practiced. It changed the way I see the mouth, just like what Rania has said. And the level of sophistication that you built into your, your software, I, this is totally like on the fly. We don't have, um, a lot of questions about the, the practice side. So I was wondering if you wanted to even show them or do, are you able to do like a screen share of what like your risk assessments even looks like so that they yeah. can get some idea? 
Can you see my screen? Yes. And I'm going to hide myself so that you can just show your screen. Okay. I'll be back. So yeah, this is how the risk assessment looks like. Patients would walk out of the room with this in their hand. And it's just so, so powerful because now they understand that uh, my gums are great for my age. I don't have any bleeding points, so that's really good. But I have a few areas where the restorations are very large and we need to take care of that. Or maybe my spine has issues. And it's a great way of explaining to the patient all of this without selling them anything. These are the conditions that you have. And then when they say they're interested to fix something, this is when the treatment planning comes into play. Uh, but it's honestly the whole experience. And I'll back up a few slides um, just to show you, like from the minute the patients complete their medical and dental history, these are the forms that the patients are completing at home. They're super visually engaging. Patients love going through the process. Um, and the part that I really like about the software is um, the answers that come from the COI center. So anytime the patient answers positively, all the, all the literature from the COI center is embedded into the software. Um, then we make it super easy to collect the data. So you take photos of the patients uh, with your phone or uh, with any tablet, you take the radiographs. Our application is FDA clear to take radiographs. And then the patient goes through that systematic exam. As you're doing the exam, you remember what the patient answered positively. And this is the connection that I was telling you about. So you're constantly re-engaging with the patient. So if they say, uh, I have food that gets packed in the back of my mouth and you find a fractured filling, you, you could stop and your assistant would hover over it and you say, this is where you mentioned that you're packing the food in the back of the mouth. So you're constantly remembering what the patient said. Um, and this was a game changer in my practice, like starting to measure the width of the restoration and recommending the proper treatment before these large restoration become problematic, before they re require a root canal or they fracture, and now it's an implant. Um, and again, it's a seven-minute exam. It's really hard to believe. Um, and it goes straight to the risk assessment for the patient, and it logs everything that you need after that. So any recommendations that you have to the patient on the educational material would get done automatically. You also get the exam notes automatically registered. Um, you get access to all the protocols also from the COIS Center. So if you're doing a restoration, uh, if you're doing a procedure, you don't do it on a regular basis, like an internal bleaching, it gives you all the steps for that. Um, and then it guides you to the treatment plan. So for uh, if the patient said that they have decay or if you log decay that is deep into um, the nerve, it's going to suggest a root canal, a core buildup, and a cramp prep. And it divides it into phases and visits. So when the patient goes to the front, it's just a drag and drop. Um, so you don't have to go to the front and tell them this is what I want to do next. They know automatically what you're doing next how long that takes. There's the appointment checklist right here. 
So everything is locked. Before the appointment, we need to make sure that these steps are done. During the appointment, this is what we need. We need to make sure the consent is signed. Um, and then on checkout, we need to schedule the next visit. We need to collect the money. Um, we need to give them their post-op instructions in some cases. We need to send the lab case. And when everything is done, my appointments turn dark gray. So at the end of the day, it's great when you look and you see everything dark gray. You know, every step was done for that patient. So this is partially what the software looks like. So there's an iPad app. The patient could sign any treatment plan, any consent forms um, on their iPad. We look at um, statistics for um, the case acceptance, the rejection. We look, we look at all the stats in the office. Patients coming in, are they scheduling their treatment? Are they scheduling the recare? How many new patients are we growing? Uh, are we churning? Are we losing a lot of patients? All of it is locked. So, so that's the software in a nutshell. So cool. So, so okay, I'm going to hide your screen now. Oh, oh, you did. Okay. I was like, did I push something? Oh, man. I mean, I, I can't wait for my second office to open just so I can play with that. It's so, I, I love your checklist because as you know, most of I mean, all of the consultants and all of the really successful practices talk about how everything should be documented, like all the steps of a procedure, all of the armamentarium that you're using. And you already have it incorporated into Oryx, which is really nice. Like your assistant just has to put it up on the screen and then it's like a cheat sheet, right? Right. So like writing progress notes is two seconds. You hire a new assistant. If she comes to ask me, what do I prep for the next visit? I'm like, just look at the sheet. You know exactly how we're doing the procedure. You know all the steps. You grow, you have associates, you ensure that everyone is doing the exact same treatment plan. Because if the patient comes six months later with sensitivity, you want to know that we followed this protocol. Mm -hmm. um, the literature is also embedded in the software. So sometimes I would have an associate that says, I'm not convinced about that. I don't think this is the protocol that we should follow. And it would be click on the information icon. You have all the literature where this came from. If you disagree, get me better literature. <laughs> so so, so you, your associates, then they don't necessarily have to be trained at COIS to, be, to, to understand why you treatment plan the way that you do? Yeah, they, they should not, uh, they don't necessarily have to. I would say over half, probably 70% of our user base right now is not COIS trained. Um, you get the benefit of a lot of the information that you're getting into the software. Going through the COIS center would make you understand some of the protocols, some of the questions with the medical dental history at a deeper level but it would benefit anyone to use it just because it's streamlining, organizing your clinical protocols and also your protocols in general. Amazing. Now, um, you guys feel free to ask questions. I have, I have like a, my phone and iPad and my computer up 
I look, I look crazy right now, honestly. Um, but what's new? <laughs> Do you have any other things that you, besides, besides your systems, like what other propellers of growth did you incorporate into your practice that, that made you so profitable? Because you paid off your student loans relatively fast too then. Yeah, and in about two years. Um, and my practice loans, all of it. Oh my gosh. I don't like that loans. So, um, yeah, I, I think... On a, like w- one book that I really recommend reading is the Checklist Manifesto. It shows how checklists are super super efficient, um, and how they make everything systematic. I think looking at the numbers is really important. As dentists, we're doing a great job. Uh, we're connecting with the patient, which is really important. But a lot of times, if we don't look at our numbers and if we don't understand the numbers closely, um, we could have a problem and not discover it fast enough. Mm-hmm. So the numbers that I always loved uh, looking at is how many reviews we're getting, uh, how many new patients we're getting, how many of these are word of mouth referrals or coming because they read reviews because it's it means it's about the same. And how many patients are we losing? Um, we always looked at our case acceptance in terms of dollar amount and percentage. So. Okay, we do have a question. Okay, because it's so comprehensive, I'm just gonna read it. So we just started with Oryx, opened up two weeks ago and have a lot of difficulty getting people to fill out the full medical and dental history. How do you ensure it's all filled out, but also not making patients annoyed that it's so long? Yeah, so uh, the medical and dental history is fairly long. What we did for the medical history is we grouped the questions. So when we asked the question about, um, do you have any cardiovascular issues? It has 10 questions underneath. So they're not really going through 60 questions. They're going through uh, maybe 12 questions that uh, that have more details under. Uh, with the dental history, it's comprehensive. Uh, our front desk would say, my doctor needs to know all this information about you to be able to provide you with a comprehensive examination. And I uh, honestly cannot practice without the medical and dental history from the COI Center. When we started adding specialists to the platform, we allowed them to hide some of the questions Um, A lot of the general dentists that went and said, okay, I'll make it simpler and I'm going to hide some questions said that later on they found more issues because Mm -hmm. they found that, uh, oh, I missed that the patient had a click in their joint. And that was really important because after I placed uh, a crown on a second molar, uh, they started having TMJ joint, uh, Mm. TMJ pain. Uh, and other issues. So, so I find it super important because each question gives us a lot of details about the patient. Uh, we just stress to the patient that the doctor needs that information to give you the most comprehensive treatment. Uh, and I find that when you give the patients the report and they see that relationship, they start understanding more why we ask them all these questions. 
Um, so, so we just trust the importance of it because, and we, we make it all about them. When we examine you, we need to understand your full history so we don't miss anything important. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a very different model, I would say, than most practices where if you are accepting a lot of PPO plans, you are, you're rushed. You are, you're trying to get as many, well, without sacrificing quality, you still have to be very cognizant of the time. And so how much time are you booking for your new patient, um, new patient appointments? I know you said the doctor size should only take about seven minutes, but for all the record taking, um, what does your schedule look like for blocking? So, so this is a good thing because uh, another good point for the medical and dental history, it really depends if we get the medical and dental history, which we stress to get in advance, and the patient is 20 years old, no medical issues, uh, no answers to the periosections, all no answers for the TMJ, no everywhere, like maybe yes for I've had a couple of fillings in the past. That's the patient that goes straight to hygiene and the exam is really 10 minutes. It's just going through the exam, talking to the patient for a few minutes, and that's it. But if a patient goes to the TMJ section and say, uh, I have difficulty chewing hard food, uh, I feel that my teeth are thinning, my teeth are getting shorter, or a patient that goes into the cosmetic section and says, um, I started developing spaces, I don't like this about my smile, then we know this is a patient that would take longer, that we need better documentation. It's a patient that we're going to book for one hour to be able to document everything. Um, and this is the best hour, the most, uh, this is the best return on investment mm-hmm. because we, we build that relationship with the patient. Mm-hmm. We take that exam slowly. They tell you they've never been examined like this before. Now, when we present the treatment plan, the acceptance rate is way higher than if we rushed on the exam. And this is what was happening when I was an associate at the PPO practice. We had like maybe five minutes for exams. And then we see hundreds of patients and very few accept treatment and come back for treatment because like they only accept treatment if they really need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if it happened that we spend the extra two minutes to explain to them why they need it. But for the most part, a lot of people did not come back. So for me, spending that hour uh, and getting the patient to say yes to an Invisalign case, mm-hmm. to, um, to replacing large restorations with crowns or onlays is, what, is very well worth it. Exactly, exactly. And I think after you open your practice, I mean, in the beginning, it's, it's trying to capture as many patients as possible. And after you start going and you realize that you're just spinning your wheels and your profitability hasn't really changed much, it really makes you focus on those higher quality patients. So now that we are in our fifth year, it's, I really, I, I can tell you exactly the, the patient avatar who I'm trying to connect with. And those are the people who are going to answer the questions. And they're grateful that we are taking the time and 
the level of service that we provide and how comprehensive we are, as you mentioned. And the people who don't like to check the boxes and go through all of that, then they, like you said, they, their acceptance, right? They, they want to do what insurance covers. They want to be in and out. They are choosing you based off of if you are in network with your plan, with their plan, or if you have late evenings or weekend appointments. And, um, and yeah, so it, it's a very different mindset when you're, when you're taking this, this, um, this time with the new patient. I think you can reach profitability with any model. You have to decide who you are, mm -hmm. what model fits you. Mm -hmm. uh, I got influenced very early on by a dentist who, who was a foodie, just like you. <laughs> <laughs> He's Italian and he, he was older than me, like much older. He was one of my mentors and he worked one to two days a week, mm -hmm. uh, a few hours. He produced 800 some, and he, his profit margin was like he kept five, six hundred thousand. He was traveling all the time, he was living the life. And he told me from the he's like, you can make two million mm -hmm. and take 200,000 home, yes, or you could make 500 and take 200 home. Yes. And one would be crazy tired and mm -hmm. one you would be really happy. So, uh, so this idea stayed in my mind that it's really important to look at your profit margin mm -hmm. all the time. I've always run the practice, even with associate, uh, at 50% or 55% profitability. Um, so, so it's important to to stay in touch with your numbers. And if you're getting a lot of the patients that you don't want, or if you're spending too much on advertisement, too mm -hmm. much um, on material, you have to look where your money is going and start streamlining. Absolutely. So your model was keeping a really lean, lean and mean team who can get more done and doing higher production per patient. Yeah, in a way, yes. Okay. It wasn't it wasn't we need to have higher production per patient. It was let's present more comprehensive treatment uh, and get that get to that profitability. So mm -hmm. uh, I had to go through the AACD accreditation um, to to do the level of cosmetic mm -hmm. cases that I wanted to do. Uh, so so again, it's a different type of practice, but that allowed me to use labs that would charge $700 a crown. If I was in a, like in the PPO setting, if the crown was more than $100, mm -hmm. it would get to our profit margins. So I think you can be very successful in both models. You just need to look at your profit margins and know what you can afford and be very honest with the patients. Awesome. Well, we have, um, we don't have any questions right now coming in. Is there anything that you want to talk about? Maybe since you're, since we're both women, <laughs> maybe I'm just going to talk to you selfishly about being a woman and having, you know, you had twins and you were 
how long were you were you um, bedridden for? The whole pregnancy. And then how long did it take before you returned to work? Um, two months. And I was exhausted, yeah. not sleeping with twins and still so heavy. Uh, like my tummy was going left and right, didn't know what to do with it. And uh, I had to be back at work. Yes. So. Yes. And you... You had associates, though, who were running your practice. Now, how, because when I, when I gave birth to Cody, so I got pregnant six weeks after we opened our startup, uh, and uh, that was not planned. And, and that really forced me to get an associate far sooner than I thought I was ready for, or not. No, not, not thought. Like, I knew I wasn't ready for an associate, but I also just had a baby. So what were you finding? Like, were you, were you super, like, fortunate to have really amazing associates right out of the gate? Did, was it because of your systems that you already had in place? Like, it's because it's a lot. It's a lot to think about. So I, I don't think there are good associates right off the gate. I mean, I wasn't one when I was an associate at the practice. So uh, I think we, like we all go to very different schools. Mm-hmm. To We come from different mentalities, different mm-hmm. treatment protocols. I think having the system is what creates great associates because it makes it really easy for everyone to understand what their job is, what's expected, how we do things. And if you don't agree with that philosophy, you need to be in a different practice. Mm-hmm. This is the philosophy for our practice. So yeah, I, I think for everyone, it's really hard to have, I mean, having employees in general is really hard because someone is going to get sick. Someone is going to have to go pick up their kids. Someone is going to quit on you with no notice. Uh, mm-hmm. It happens to everyone. Yep. Um, and these are things that you have to deal with. Uh, I had to go much sooner than I anticipated to the back to practice because one of the associates just decided to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's a lot of unexpected when you have a startup. Yes, uh, you just keep hustling and yeah, you hope it works out. Yes, yes, you do, and you also have to not let uh, mom guilt get in the way of of what you're really trying to build too. I think that's always a struggle. We, um, I mean, I talk to so many women who are uh, who are amazing business owners, and and it seems as though it's still this like you worry about the practice, but you're also like when you're in the practice, your head is with your kids, and then when you're at home with your kids, you're always thinking about your practice. Like, does that get any better? Does that go away? I have no idea. No. Oh, this became a therapy no, session. <laughs> you know, it's, it's part of the game and it's part yeah. of everyone's life. Like when I was an associate, the, the owner of the practice wanted to keep me around. So he kept saying, you know, as a woman, you're going to have kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you shouldn't open your own practice. It's a lot easier to be an associate. But when you're an, when you're an associate in a practice, you still have the same problems. You still have to show up to work. You still have to find care. 
So I, I don't let these things bog me down at all. Um, and I, what, what I try to do, and everyone says that, try to find balance. Like when I'm with the kids, I try to be focused. I try to be with them. I try to schedule that time. Um, and when I'm not, they understand that this is my job. Yeah. And sometimes, like, I threaten them a little. I'm like, you know, if you want that PS5, mommy has to work to get that free. <laughs> So true. It's so true. Well, I, I'm really grateful that you are uh, joining us. I know you're on East Coast time. So where can everyone connect with you, Rania, and um, potentially set up an Oryx demo? And, and I'm, I'm super grateful that you're going to be with us in Napa. Like you originally weren't going to make it, but now you are. So I'm excited. Yeah. It's going to be an amazing um, time. I'm very excited about it, too. Uh, my husband lived most of his life in San Francisco. He loves Napa. So he's oh, like, yeah. I'm coming with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think it's going to be great. Awesome. Uh, yeah, people, uh, I'm on Facebook. Anyone can reach me uh, on Facebook. And if you want to book a demo, it's oryxdentalsoftware.com. Click on book a demo link. And uh, yeah, that's where you'll find us. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I, um, I guess let's just end this a little early. I have, speaking of life-work balance, I have two, three sons. Two of them have baseball games tonight, and um, Cody has soccer practice. So we have to split up. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. All right. That's well, every day. <laughs> every day, right? Okay. Well, Rania, thank you so much for joining. Thank you guys for listening. It, please do reach out to Rania. She is a wealth of knowledge. And um, yeah, it's amazing what you've created. And I'm, I'm excited to have you in Napa. And I'm excited to start using Oryx at Smile & Co. next location. So um, yeah, thank you guys. And um, yeah, we'll see you soon. And if you want to come to Napa and hang out with us, um, we still have 10 tickets and it it's going to be an amazing time. I said amazing so many times. That's going to be a drinking game in Napa. How many <laughs> times can I say amazing? But it will be. It's going to be awesome. There, I said another A word. All right. Take care, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Rania. You're amazing. Uh, you're uh, fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.